0: It's lovely to be with everyone this morning. Uh, Lots of faces I don't know, and some that are very familiar to me. It is lovely to be with you. And um, I I was not going to mention my health this morning. And then Keith um, led us in that song, It's Your Breath in Our Lungs. And every um, every time we sing that... It has particular meaning for me. For those who don't know, and I'm just going to be very brief about this, Um, almost exactly two years ago, two years ago now, I was undergoing tests for a cough and a pain and breathlessness. And uh, on December the 4th, um, I was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, um, which... We all know these things, whether they happen to us or someone else, are devastating. Um, my story, I think, has been somewhat unusual. It, it, was a, it is a very rare um, lung cancer, which is found in non-smokers, mainly women, mainly younger people. And therefore, I was put on a, a brand new um, therapy, really. It's a targeted therapy where I take tablets morning and evening. And, um, it's been the most extraordinary journey because honestly, I was, I was, I was set for death. I thought that's where I was going. That's what stage four means. Um, and it's been something that's really changed. And I, I have wonderful, quality of life. I'm still working part-time. I was only working part-time before anyway. Um, (laughs) I'm working a bit less now. Um, Right at the beginning, somebody had a word for me. uh, Breathe in the Holy Spirit. And as I take my tablets with my glass of water in the morning, it's a bit like communion for me. And I breathe in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's a mystery. We we have lost good friends this year, one to a very similar cancer to mine, very similar. He only had it for a year. Um, it's a mystery. But as long as God gives us life and breath, we are here for him. And, and, and it was wonderful to be in such praise this morning, Keith. I felt like it was just really, really a wonderful thing. Um, I, yeah, to, to just praise God. Um, you know, th- there are those who, who have died of their diseases, and we all will die eventually won't we and there are those who've been completely cured and and it may not be diseases it might be mental illness it might be something else and then there are all of us in the middle who are living with something and and that is is what we invite god into live in my life lord what is this about Day by day, what is this about? What are you teaching me? How can I know you in this? I feel that he's called me to live more deeply. And I'm, I'm really um, wondering what that means day by day. So I just wanted really to give thanks to God. i probably used up all my time now, haven't <laughs> I? Um, so I just wanted to share that because we have a, a wonderful God who loves us deeply and is involved in all of our situations day by day. Um, so today uh, I was given the subject of bread and wine and actually I'm going to be only looking at the bread, I hope that's okay Alison, um, because it's a huge subject looking at what what the Lord's Supper means. It's enormous. Do we we look at the heart of what Jesus did? Do we look at the history? Do we look at what it means to us? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, So I'm just focusing on one idea today. And for the theme, I am in debt to a writer called Henry Nowen, who some of you will have come across. Um, he wrote a book called Life of the Beloved. And in it, he focuses on the words from the Last Supper when Jesus and his disciples were celebrating the Jewish Passover, which, of course, is when they remembered when God set his people free from slavery in Egypt. And Jesus used the ritual of communion or Eucharist Uh, or whatever we care to call it, to explain the new relationship with God that he was bringing people into. Um, In Mark 14, I'll remind you of the words, it says this, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. And other versions, instead of using the word give thanks, say he broke it and he blessed it, or he spoke a blessing over it, in the manner of Jewish prayer. and talks about how this is true of Jesus' life. The bread of life, Jesus called himself, he was taken, blessed, broken. And given for us. And and says that we also see this pattern in our own lives. We are taken, blessed, broken and given. And that's perhaps a poignant note this week as we think about remembrance as well and those lives that have been given for us. So we're going to begin by looking at two, the first two ideas together: taken and blessed. I'm not going to use the bread for communion, so don't worry about that. So Jesus took the bread. That's what we read, He did, first of all. He took it in his hands. And what we're going to do as we go through the next few minutes, it's really going to be a little bit of a reflection. This is us. This is us. What is Jesus saying about us? And first of all, we are taken. We are chosen. We are held in the hands of God. The book of Jeremiah opens with God speaking to the prophet about being known and formed and set apart. It says this to Jeremiah Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And that is not just for special people or for prophets. But it's a refrain that runs through scripture, beautifully expressed in Psalm 139. You created my inmost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Ephesians 1 says, in him we were chosen. Henry Nouwen says, first we are taken Perhaps a better word would be chosen. We are chosen by God. That means we are seen by God in our preciousness, in our individuality. We are seen as precious in God's eyes. In our world, when one is chosen, it means for the others, too bad, you're not chosen. In God's mystery... Being chosen does not mean excluding anyone. In fact, the more we know that we are chosen, that we are precious, the more we realise that all the people around us are precious to God. So here we are in God's hands with our unique life histories and circumstances that have shaped us. God created each one of us and we've all got a personal history. We are beauty set to music. We are a letter from God. We have our own songs given by God. We are unique. That's not new news to many of us. But it's worth reflecting on. So we're going to have a moment shortly where we will reflect upon that. But first of all, we'll think about being blessed. So we're chosen or taken by God and we are blessed. And I think when we see in many of the miracles that Jesus did, he looks up to heaven, and I imagine him blessing the bread a bit like this, holding it up to God. And hand in hand with being taken is being blessed, and God speaks those words over us. A good text to root ourselves in is the baptism of Jesus. Jesus. It goes to the River Jordan where John the Baptist is baptising. And as Jesus is baptised and comes up out of the water, we read this. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my son. In whom I am well pleased. And that blessing was for Jesus, and in Jesus, that blessing is for us. If we look at what blessings are all about, we find that in the Hebrew scriptures, a blessing is perceived to be something that communicates divine life. And with this life comes strength and stamina and peace. We might say that blessings are a greeting from God, saying, I care about you. I desire what is for your good. You are dear to my life. I want your heart to be filled with love. Words spoken by God over us. That's the blessing. That's the blessing. And sometimes these blessings come disguised. They might be in the pain and the struggle and the hardship and the unwanted parts of our lives. I was sharing with you that's something I've been discovering. Who chooses to be ill? Who chooses to have some of the things we have in our lives? But later, or even in the midst of them, I think, we can look and see that somewhere in there is a gift from God, is a blessing from God, if only we could see it. You know, sometimes... <clears throat> Excuse me sometimes we have heard more curses spoken over our lives than blessings we've heard other people maybe family parents you know even even people in their 80s and 90s i work in a care home still remember things that their parents have maybe foolishly, unwittingly said to them. And we can have curses, it seems a strong word, but we can have things spoken over our lives that actually make us think, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm not in God's hands. And God says, let me take you. Let me bless you. Let me speak words of truth over your life. Let me tell you how much I love you. How much pleasure I take in you. Did you notice that when um, God uh, speaks from heaven at Jesus' baptism, he says, I am well pleased. You are my son in whom I am well pleased. It's a bit formal. We might want to say, I'm delighted in you. You give me such joy. And that's what God says today to us. That's the blessing over our lives. I'm going to do a little exercise now. You don't need to worry about it. It's just a reflective exercise. A prayer, if you like. And I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. Don't look at me. I am just a piece of old clay. Close your eyes and then you'll be able to see whatever you want to see. (laughs) And imagine yourself being held in God's hands. silently saying your own name. And hear God say your name over you. Think about the very essence of you. Not what you do, but who you are in your inner being. Who you really are. You've been made by God. You have your own song given by God. You are precious to him. Be conscious of yourself held in God's hands. And thank God for your uniqueness and for making you who you are. Then listen to God speaking truth and blessing over your life. You are my son, my daughter. You're precious to me. You belong to me. I am so pleased with you. I desire good for you. And I want your life to be filled with love. Let God's words touch you deeply and drop from your head to your heart. Then you might like to come back into the room and open your eyes as we just consider the next two parts. So we've considered that we are taken, we are blessed. Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take it, this is my body. So the next bit is that Jesus broke The bread. And now and reflects that just as this happened to Jesus, he was broken for us, so are we broken. There is a pattern in the Spirit's work in our lives where we are broken. And we don't we don't have to look very far to see this brokenness. In our lives, in the people we know, the communities we're part of, the nation at the moment, we inhabit a broken world, don't we? And some brokenness is a result of personal choices that we make. But much brokenness is a consequence of living in a broken world. We are all broken, but uniquely so. And a lot of our brokenness, uh, that might seem a too strong a word for you. We could call it pain. We could call unwholeness, things where we don't have peace, things that trouble us. A lot of it has to do with relationships. Especially our closest relationships with husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, children, friends. Wherever there is love, there is also pain. Every mother and father knows that, don't they? And that's enormous. So what do we do with our brokenness? Now Henry Nouwen suggests something that you may not have done with your brokenness before. He says, as the beloved of God, we have to dare to embrace our brokenness. Not to say, this should not be in my life. I want to get away from it. Let's get away from it. Let's get back on track. But he says first of all, we need to look at our brokenness and embrace it, to acknowledge our pain and bring it to the light. Yes, I'm hurting. Yes, I'm wounded. And yes, it's painful. And it's by doing that that we open the gateway to being made whole again, to God's shalom. I want to introduce you um, to the art of Kintsugi. Has anybody come across this? You might well have done. Some of you have. This is the Japanese art of repairing broken pots with seams of gold. Apparently, hundreds of years ago, in some emperor's court, a pot was broken and an artisan was called in to mend it. And of course, being the emperor's pot, he couldn't just stick it together with a bit of glue or whatever they had. He did it with gold and it ended up of course that the mended pot was more beautiful than the pot was before it was broken nowadays you can buy these somebody makes the pot they break it deliberately and you can buy them on the net and here is one <laughs> i'm going to pass it i'm going to pass it around for you to have a look at it i'll start here do pass it please. And kintsuji um, actually means golden joinery. And the process, as I've said, it repairs the pot in such a way that makes it more beautiful and more unique than it was before. Because even if you had the exact same pot and it got broken, it wouldn't be broken in the same way, would it? It would crack differently. Um, sometimes shatter into little pieces, sometimes great big jagged pieces. Instead of hiding the scars, Kintsuji actually makes a feature of them. Now I'm not suggesting that we all go around waving our brokenness around and making a feature of it. But If there are damaged and scarred and wounded places in our lives, we're not celebrating the wounds themselves, but the beauty that's come about since they were put together, since we have brought them before God and he's brought them back together. If you think about Jesus, there, was a, there is a, the scene in Revelation where he's seen as the lamb who was slain. And Jesus still has the marks of suffering. After the resurrection, he still had the marks of suffering. He was made whole and yet he was different. More beautiful. More beautiful. Um, Last year there was a a BBC, I think it was last year, a BBC television series about a priest. I don't know if any of you saw it. It was called Broken, uh, with Sean Bean in it. And it was a beautiful series. And week by week we saw this priest unravelling. He could not do his pastoral duties. Whatever he did... Um, seemed to fall apart, and, and within himself he had enormous problems. And in the end, he realized he couldn't hold it together anymore. And his own sense of complete brokenness became his moment of restoration. And it was beautifully portrayed in the series. Do look out for it. And I wonder how you see your brokenness today. Can you see it in God's hands as a gateway to something potentially life-giving? Something potentially beautiful? We will still bear the pain, but there is life in our brokenness. Um, I, was, I was going to do a prayer exercise to do with brokenness, but I actually think that for many people that might be too painful in this setting. So, I would suggest that if that has spoken to you, you take that away and you, you, you reflect with God yourself. What about my brokenness? I feel torn apart. I feel broken. And, and reflect on the fact that you're still held lovingly in the hands of Jesus. So the last part is given. Taken, blessed, broken and given. And if we live our lives as people who are taken, blessed, and broken. We can give ourselves away. That's what Jesus did in the last supper. You don't have to read this, by the way, this is not communion. But he gave away. And you notice now how that one piece of bread has gone all over the room, given away. And the greatest fulfillment in, of our hearts, you know, that there have been studies done recently and I don't know if you noticed the trends recently um, to do with mindfulness and to do with happiness and to do with well-being and surprise, surprise, one of the things that has come out of this is that we are most fulfilled when we're doing something for somebody else, service really. And we are, we are taken, blessed and broken in order to be given to the world. You and I are gifts, uniquely so, with our life history that will speak into somebody else's life very, very particularly. Nowen says this, He he reminds us of the story of the multiplication of bread. He says, you remember there was a little boy and everybody said he wasn't worth anything, but he had five loaves and two fish. This little boy was received by Jesus and he took these five loaves and two fish and gave it to the crowd. That story says something about our lives. We are little people, insignificant. But if we believe that we are chosen, blessed, and broken to be given, then we can trust that our lives will bear fruit. It will multiply. Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. And our calling or our vocation, whatever you want to to call it, is to become the people that God always meant us to be. But that isn't the end of it. He's called us to be the people we are called to be in order to bless others as well, to give ourselves. Remember the kintsuji bowl, it's just come around here. Broken, but remade in the hands of the expert. Strongest and most beautiful, where the cracks are. And I'm just going to close with a last exercise before I hand back to Alison. Let's close our eyes again. And let's just revisit that picture of Jesus holding the broken bread in his hands. Perhaps you picture the Last Supper, the bread being given to each disciple, or one of the bread miracles where the disciples joyfully share out the bread to the crowds. What was once one loaf Has now become something that can be shared. What was one loaf now broken gives life to many. We are given to each other and to the world by Jesus. Your life is unique. Your song is unique. What you bring to the world is unique. God invites you to give your life away, all that he has given you. You are chosen, blessed, broken, and given. Come to the communion table today so that Jesus can take you, bless you, Break you open and give you to a world that is hungering to be loved in the way that Jesus loves us. Amen.